Part two of listener mail on the legitimate use of fixed-term contracts. This is Stuff Employers Should Know. Welcome to Stuff Employers Should Know, proudly brought to you by LabourNet, management's ultimate HR solution. Hey, and welcome to part two of the listener mail edition. I'm Barry Gordon-Davis, and again joining me is Yasser Yes Like It Ismail, where we're going through the listener mails we received subsequent to our uh, episode on the legitimate use of fixed-term contracts, as well as the webinar that myself and Yasser done on it. So let's get back into our listener mail questions. As I mentioned in our part one, <laughs> flooded inbox, indeed. So if a fixed-term contract, earning below the threshold, is extended every six to 12 months for more than five years for the same reason, then suddenly receives a two-weeks notice, is this seen as justifiable or does the employee have grounds to go to the CCMA? Yeah, quite, quite simply, um, a fixed-term contract for somebody that is earning below the threshold. Um, this, this listener didn't give the justifiable reason as to why it's been used for such a long period of time. Um, unless there is a justifiable reason why it's been used for more than five years, um, which from the, you know, on face value of it doesn't seem like there is a reason it would, would have been provided, uh, and seems it's like the same reason. But now the, it seems as if the, the actual, provider it sounds like this person is working for a client because we suddenly received two weeks notice um the employee would have grounds to go to the ccma first of all challenging the fact that the employment shouldn't have ended because it was actually permanent but then again if the um, uh, the employer in the circumstance receives notice and goes through a fair retrenchment process uh on the grounds that this person after five years may be deemed to be a permanent employee the employer can go and fairly terminate the employee even after five years um, on the grounds of its operational requirements that it no longer enjoys the client um, business that it had beforehand that it was providing the work to this employee for. So at the end of the day, um, as long as the employer has actually gone and applied a fair process and procedure to ending this employment relationship, as I said, an employee can go to the CCMA. We can't take away their right to do that, but the employer would have a, a justifiable or a fair reason for terminating and can demonstrate that they will then find themselves okay at the CCMA. However, if it was a hand grenade clause that said that the moment the client's work ends, your employment ends, the employee could quite easily show that there was a termination and there was no fair procedure or substance to it being followed. Okay, so make sure you follow procedure. Would the two-year severance package not be subject to whether you are handing them over to the next service provider? Yeah, so the reference to severance package is actually incorrect because the reference being made by this listener is, is to the, the mandatory um, payment in terms of a, a you can almost call it a, an amount equivalent of one week for every completed year of service for fixed term contracts of employees below the threshold that are longer than 24 months now it's not severance that is being paid to the employee the employee is not entitled to severance it's entitled to a payment that is paid out in the same manner as which severance is then paid so um where the employment continues if the person has been employed for over two years and the new employer secures employment for that 
um, uh, uh, employee with a new service provider, technically their employment's not ending and they would actually be a continuity of their service and they would then continue to work with the new service provider and they wouldn't be entitled to that service pay, if you want to call it that, but it's not severance pay. Next one is, does the threshold include or exclude overtime paid? Quite simply, no. Um, Ordinary hours uh, does not include overtime, which is over and above ordinary hours of work and should be on an as and when required basis and shouldn't ordinarily form part of the every month working that 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 overtime amounts okay another question in our fan mail sorry i mean listener mail <laughs> does an employee employed on a fixed term contract with a clause that they can be dismissed if the client is not pleased with their work have grounds to take the employer to the ccma fantastic it's the the traditional hand grenade clause basically client doesn't like you your employment ends and this question is is really relevant because it goes to speak to the general reasoning why these regulations have been put in place uh, and regulating you know non-standard um, uh, employment because there is a lot of abuse out there now on plain reading of this you'd see that that would be an abuse by the the client to the employer in this situation where we don't like your employee uh, we're not going to then assist you in following the normal processes of, let's say, conduct capacity or or anything of the like. It's just a case of, oh, well, I'm not pleased with your work. Cheers. If there's no process or procedure that is followed by the employer in terminating, just like with any employee where their employment is terminated as a result of, let's say, their capacity or their standard of work being uh, below that is required by the employer, they may go to the CCMA and challenge the fairness of their dismissal in that regard. And, in the, and we need to remember that if this person is below the threshold, they can then choose to, to take the employer, um, take the client, or both to the CCMA as a result of their termination. So you get to go to the CCMA. You get to go. <laughs> we all get to go to the CCMA. If you're earning below the <laughs> threshold and you're seen as a vulnerable employee. All right. In terms of notice periods, what if the employee wants to leave before the end of the fixed-term contract? Would they not have to serve a notice period? Yeah, so a fixed-term contract, like any other employment, is a form of employment. And where there is employment, the basic conditions of employment would kick in, or a, let's say, a bargaining council main agreement, if that is applicable. And the no- minimum notice periods that are applicable within those agreements or within the Basic Conditions of Employment Act would apply – Alternatively, if it's written in the contract of employment, that would then apply as long as it obviously doesn't, uh, as long as it's no, not less favorable than that that is provided by the, the Basic Conditions of Employment Act or the, the a Bargaining Council's main agreement. So the employee, just like the employer, is bound by those notice periods. So the employee that wants to end a fixed term contract prior to the natural ending of that fixed term contract is duty bound to that notice period as well. Obviously, if they fail to work out that notice period, the employer is not uh, required to pay that notice period and they wouldn't then go and be able to lodge a claim to that notice period that they failed to work. If they do so at the prejudice of the employer, i.e. they breach their own contract of employment, 
and prejudice the employer to the extent that they might suffer losses as a result of them failing to work out their notice period that they had agreed upon, the employer in that circumstance can approach the courts for relief as a result of the damage caused by the employee failing to honor their notice periods, um, whether it's the contractual or the minimum ones required by the Act or bargaining council main agreements. Okay, so our next one is a, a fact followed up by a question. So, if the employee is not performing within the probation period, one needs to show that the correct processes were followed, like coaching, training, and the likes. Is there no need for hearing? Audio terum partum rule, which means that the employee should be given an opportunity to be heard, is always applicable. So, if the employee is not were, uh, meeting the required standards within the probation period, uh, they are not then seen as suitable for the the work. We can't use a fixed-term contract if there's a context of a fixed-term contract. A lot of people think that a fixed-term or probation in a permanent employment relationship is even tantamount to a fixed-term contract. Or if there is an actual use of fixed-term contract for probation, I've spoken about that as well because it will leave you without the process of adiaterum partum or giving the person an opportunity to state their case in that regard. However, in terms of the listener's mail, the, the simple answer is there has to be a opportunity for this employee to be heard prior to a termination of their employment due to, and in this example, their capacity to meet the required standards. So capacity um, uh, termination would also re- be uh, requiring a procedural fairness approach, which giving the employee a fair time to meet that standard, being the probation period, the employer, as the listener said, has to show that they trained, guided, evaluated, monitored, assisted, um, and, and the like that's prescribed in terms of Schedule 8 of the Labor Relations Act, and that they were then given an opportunity to present evidence, call witnesses, state their case, specifically if they challenge the, the, substanti- uh, the, the substantiveness of a termination due to their ability to, to uh, meet the required standard. And Barry, if I remember correctly, we actually have an episode specifically on hearings. That's for misconduct, but we will be having a episode specifically for... Um, matters of capacity and the procedures that are followed for capacity due to poor work performance, as it's referred to, as well as ones for capacity due to ill health or in, or incapacity due to, let's say, a disability. Okay, so we'll have episodes on all the types of hearings. We're going to keep you busy, my man. Last but not least, if an employee does not have an end date on their contract, but there is a probation period, will that employee need to sign a new contract or will they be able to continue on that contract? Okay, and that that basically follows what what I was referring to as well, is that if there's no end date on their contract, it is then an indefinite contract. It then ends when we have reached normal or agreed upon retirement age um, or the death of the employee effectively, or if either party, they, well, the employee resigns or there's a termination. So um, where there is a probation period, Linked to a contract of employment, we need to understand again that that is not a contract within a contract. So your probation period is there to determine suitability. Once the person then meets the end date of that probationary period, it's generally three months. I've seen um, in most contracts, three months. That once those three months have then lapsed, the employee is then deemed um, that their employment has been confirmed their suitability has been determined, and they, like everybody else, continues on an indefinite employment relationship. 
Uh, Barry, you know, just as you were, you were closing off there, we've got one more email from Yasser, Yas like it, Ismail. And, what uh, a strange name. Yeah, it is. Quite is that strange. that guy that lives his life a quarter mile at a time? I think it might That's just it. be, hey, the, the question is, do you think it's fair that, that he, uh, Yasser had to read the listener mail on a day that he was fasting? And with regards to his fasting, is that not even water? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have an answer for you. I do not have an answer, oh, but... Um, it seems we've stumped BGD for yeah. the first time ever. And uh, that being said, to any listeners that are fasting at this moment, hopefully that's where you are having to fast, that I can at least provide food for thought. That's brilliant. So that's the end of this two-part listener mail series, the first of its kind. Um, and as always... If you found the show to be helpful in any way, please uh, like it, review it, um, hit the subscribe button. And if you want to get in touch with us, send us a mail at sesk.labernet.com or hit us up on any of the social media sites. That being said, from myself and a very hungry Yasser, stay safe. Until next episode, cheers. Stuff Employers Should Know was proudly brought to you by Labernet, management's ultimate HR solution. For more episodes from Stuff Employers Should Know, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you play your favorite shows. Case law or statutes referenced in the podcast are current at the time of recording.